Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, hump day! Hey. What's up, Wednesday crew? Hey, hey. Tyvis in the hot seat hey, today. Hey, wow, you got the moves today, huh? What's your kick game? I was. Oh, infrared sixes, you know. Tight. Infrared sixes. A little something slight. You know, I, I didn't want to do G too bad. When G said he's out in the game. Yeah, he's tapped out of the, of the yeah. kick competition. Did you say that? Out. You quit. Hey, you see that brand oh new Spanklin? A beautiful blue car. Range Rover oh, in I the parking lot. Hold on, I didn't check yeah, that. You know, I you know, I I gotta be gracefully about the game, and I was really gonna go over overtime on you. I couldn't really get like I wanted to get because I had to sign that peace treaty with my wife. She okay. said, "Hi, <laughs> yeah, you know how you be getting them boxes that come to the crib? We can't even do that no more." I, well, I was gonna say. She bought him a car. I, a car. I, I respect that. that. Trade. Yeah, I, I, I didn't win that trade. I'm at Browns camp yesterday. Three people asked me. The first thing they asked me was about your new car. Her G's got a new car. Her G's got a new car. That is crazy. It's hot talk on the street. Man. It's in the street. Well, like, 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 for you, what? You know what? If Jonathan Peterling goes, G got a new car, huh? Then, look, well, see, here's the thing. Y'all not going to gas me up. These people, this is how they'll do you, right? <laughs> this is how they do you. You got a new car. My price limit and your price limit different. See, you can get one thing at a time if you go where I'm for. You get you get a house and then you wait it out. Yeah. You either get you a car. Yeah. You wait it out. Yeah. Y'all cats be getting all three. I'm gonna get me a boat, a house, and a car. <laughs> what off what? Who? Where that down? No, that's three different levels. There's one. <laughs> level one is level one is either a house or a car. Yes. Level two is a house and a car. Level three is J level where you get all three. Yeah. Well, it's that, a yeah. lifetime of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't rolling like this when I was 25. Oh, no. Fair. You my, worked hard. My true. first three years in the business, I was well below the poverty so, line. So nobody's Jay, begrudging what? your success. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, you Jay, reached that level. First? I feel like I'm a bit of a target. No, the question is because $12,500 a year. $12,500. 1987. By today's standard, that'd be like making yeah. $25,000. My first job in Tennessee, twenty-four. There you go. Well, I can't remember. And, and I, I know the market that you started in. It was Jesus. a sister adjacent market to where I started. Wait a minute. My, Bro, it was tough. My man. first my first year, my first job ever, getting paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I home. thought he was going to say, hey, like, you worked at a grocery home. store. <laughs> hey, Steve, you cut his mic to the rest of the show. I got a tough life, bro. I got everything. Every, I got everything. Well, that, <laughs> no, that's not in the NFL. That was at Ohio State under the table. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was on the recruiting business. No. Good. No. Yeah, that was when he was in high school. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Put the camera on me, Steve. I need to let the world know. We were under, we were on probation, so there was oh, so no scamming any, or anything yeah. going on. No free we tats. Were, we were being very, we was watched closely by the NCAA by any move. We was covered right after the tag game, so there's there's no money given. See, the bad thing about your gig, though, is yeah. you start at the top. Yeah, yeah. and then you go down. In, in this yeah. business, you basically work for food. 18.5 yes. was my first And then job. you work your way up. Yeah. Now you're in this business and you're going to bust the glass ceiling see, soon. See, I, That's my prediction. I, I, was, I, so. I was working for chips and meals last week. Put the sign up. Like, what working you for meal money. We'll be featured on your podcast on food. You, you, your <laughs> sign says, have food. I have sports opinions. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he stands on the street corner, and for a sandwich, he'll tell you his thoughts on the Brown situation. And it'll be a good one, too. I'll be, it working, I'll be working nine. I was working nine hours a yeah. week. <laughs> trying to get, stop, stop the games, Man, bro. The, the key when I was doing minor league play by play was like that meal money. When we got the meal money on the bus, oh, that made a big that difference. Was, that, was the, that was it. Uh, quick tease for today's show. Obviously, we're on Deshaun Watson Watch. Everybody's yeah. been following the news. We're on pins and needles. Could happen any minute now. My guess is it will happen by business end mm -hmm. of today. Mm -hmm. uh, Callie Brownson is going to join the program. If you've heard the name, here's where you've heard it. She is the Browns chief of staff. Mm -hmm. She is also the Browns assistant wide receiver coach. But most recently, she was the head coach of the women's team that just won the IFAF World Championship. Mm. They beat Great Britain the United States 42-14. She was the head coach of that outfit. 
She's going to join us to talk about her experience there. We're also going to get into some Browns issues yeah. with her. She's in the wide receiver room every day, so she's mm -hmm. going to give us great insight on that. Also, the Browns week one opponent, everybody knows it's the Carolina Panthers. Yep. We talk so much about speculation. What's going to happen with, with Watson and all this nonsense? I thought just for a nice little respite of all of that talk, let's talk week one. Mm. Let's get into what the Panthers look like. Yep. How do they match up with the Browns? Mm -hmm. Jim Zoki is their play-by-play -play man. He has broadcast every single Carolina Panthers game in their history. He's getting ready to start their 28th season. He's a Cleveland native, mm. a huge Cleveland sports fan, and he's also a longtime friend of mine. We went to Bowling Green together, graduated together. Jim joins us coming up in the program. And of course, it's Wednesday, so Leroy Horde is here. Yes, sir. And that's all I need to say about Leroy. <laughs> yeah. The preacher will be in the building. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we got to dive into the... Oh, yesterday, reports were running rampant. I was getting text after text after text from folks yeah. that have been deep in this for mm. almost two years saying the end is here. And I was at camp so, yesterday, Jay, and, and I heard two different people said to me, I expect it to happen today. Now, obviously, it didn't happen today. <coughs> yeah. Two different people with two different sources, two people I, I highly trust, yeah. both said to me, they're getting close. Yeah. Which is good. And take it to the next level. What are you hearing that we're going to get? Well, I asked both of them that question. Neither one had a really good answer. They were just kind of speculating yeah. like the rest of us. No. They both thought 10 or 12 games and a right. huge fine. Right. Everybody seems to think this is much more about the fine than even the games. It is. But the good news about a potential settlement, if it happens, is we know that if there is a settlement, Deshaun Watson will play at some point this year. Yes. Because he's never going to He never agree. settle to be out for the entire right. season. Yeah. So, uh, the first text I got yesterday said, end is near, big financial piece. Right. So, as you said, I think that was the thing that everybody was yes. most uh, kind of struck by yeah. when C.L. Yeah. Robinson issued a, a report mm -hmm. and her decision, wait, no fine. And I think a lot of people had a lot of problems with that because he's now the highest paid, guaranteed uh, paid player in the NFL. Yeah. Yes. And so, I think the league didn't like the optics of the fact that he wasn't going to write a check to, to, a, to a charity, to the league's charity. Mm -hmm. So, a big financial component is my expectation. Also, I heard two different conflicting stories yesterday. One was... The settlement is still in the works. The league would rather settle than get to Peter C. Harvey. The other thing I heard was Peter C. Harvey is either close or has his decision, and he's giving the league and the NFLPA a buffer here before he makes his announcement or he hands his decision over the league. Right. Which is true? I have no idea. It's possible neither are true because there have been so many reports throughout the length of this story would, that have been accurate, and we've known that some have been inaccurate too. I would think that he had his decision made because this was a – it's not like he's reviewing any new evidence. Like everything that he needed to see was right there already. So I think he does have the decision ready. He's just trying to buy them some time since they finally decide to – you know, because before this Deshaun Watson, we ain't settling anything. The NFL was all on their indefinite. Right. If they finally could sit down at a table and have a conversation, I think you got to respect that. Give them yeah. a little bit of time. To like, this is the first time that y'all two actually is coming to a table to try to figure something out. So I think he's doing a great job of sitting back and say, hey, I'm going to give y'all an opportunity to work something out. If y'all can work it out, then cool. I don't even need we'll go to, separate yeah, ways. I don't even need G. to say Bush, last week, the report came out. And we all talked, we all agreed that it made Deshaun look desperate, that, that his camp said he would be willing to accept uh, an eight-game suspension and a pretty hefty fine as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that struck me yesterday about this was the NFL, we talked about how the NFL has always won these cases. When the NFLPA sues in federal court, they, they've always won. The NFL has never lost. Mm -hmm. And I think that the expectation is that they would win this case too. Yeah. Just if you go on precedent and history and the fact that this is a collectively bargained agreement. One of the things that I told someone yesterday that, that I hadn't really thought of before, but the NFL loses if this goes to court. And that's why they're now pushing for a settlement. I think they waited until the 11th hour. They never wanted this thing to go to court because mm -hmm. if it does go to court, the first thing the NFLPA is going to do is they're going to ask for discovery in the Houston Texans piece mm -hmm. of this whole thing. So you've got a team and an owner that have written that, that have already written a check to 30 women. You've got a player that's written a check to 23 women. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to the team? If you're going to suspend the player for a year and hit them with a huge fine, what are you, what's going on with the team? And that's where the league loses. If it goes to court. Yeah. I, I, you know, you said this and I, I, I totally couldn't agree with you more. As I sit back and look at it, guys, you, you, 
the NFL could win. They, they could win going into a court battle and, and whatever arbiter or judge comes in front of this case could say, you know what, you guys right. Um, you guys did win this. Uh, Deshaun Watson will let you do the, the indefinite suspension or whatever you want. However, they lose at the same time because you're going to go in front of a judge and the, and the most obvious thing that they're going to do is if this is a process thing and this is a contract issue, the league uh, and the players association have a right to say, okay, well, unless we know what they did in the Texans situation, how do we know this this process warrants an indefinite suspicion or how can we compare the two to see if everything is equal? Because mm. this is the same crime. This it is. is. The same thing. It's not yeah. like Robert Kraft versus no. Deshaun Watson. They are, the they... Texans have already pretty much admitted that they're a part of this entire crime. So, so the thing is, they could they can eventually get out of it, but yeah. here's the thing. You're now going to have information about the same types of things that Sean Watson was doing. Right. And then people are going to say, wow, an organization was handed out NDAs. How many times have they handed out NDAs? How often did they know? Did they have any information? All of this stuff now comes out and now the process is what? Guess what? All of that is in, in the court of public opinion, just like it was with Deshaun Watson, I, and I don't think they want no problems. I think the biggest thing beyond all of that is if you if this goes to court, then it just drags everything out further. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I think the league, even though they appealed to keep it going, uh, they're sick of this story. They want the story to be about, uh, you just said, we want to talk to this guy from the Panthers about on the field. Well, there's very little talk about on the field, not just in Cleveland, because this Deshaun Watson story is the biggest story in the NFL. Everybody's talking about And that's about not it. fair to the other 31 teams right. and the other 600 plus. You are exactly. right about so, that. So yeah, if yeah. this story, if, if, if they can settle this week, then the story's over. Yeah. I mean, and we, and we we'll talk get about our stories again. about it, we'll get, but it'll be over. Right. And the thing is, it's not like you can say, well, if it goes to court and he eventually loses and he gets suspended indefinitely, well, the fans will be happier. But that's baloney because there's always going to be some fans that are going to be angry no matter how this turns Absolutely. out. Even the yeah. people that want Watson suspended for a long time, even a year won't be enough. Some people think he should be banned from the league. So the only way to move on from this is for the story to end. And the only way for it to end for sure is if they agree to what the suspension slash fine should be. Yeah. That's why both sides, it makes sense for that to happen. Tyvis, we had been talking all along about is it, it, are they talking – who, who does it behoove to settle? Mm -hmm. And I had always maintained that it would be in Deshaun Watson's best interest to settle. Yep. But the league had – why would the league settle when ultimately they could have, if Roger Goodell didn't appoint <clears throat> Harvey as the designee, they could have decided this entire thing. When he passed it off, that was the first time in my mind that I said, this is really interesting yeah. in terms of the NFL – suddenly being interested in a negotiated settlement because otherwise if they weren't going to settle and they didn't want to do a negotiation he never would have handed it off to Harvey and ultimately he knew it would have ended up in court that that that's a yeah. that's a really big piece because he piece. he could either give it to Harvey or make the decision himself right if he was hard pressed on making a decision and he wanted a year all he had to he do would have done it. Yeah. Easily. Mr. Robinson gave it to himself and said, okay, you're, you're suspended a year. We already know what the facts are. But he knows he if he did that, yes. see in court. Yeah. And then you're going to have discovery on the Houston Texans side of this whole thing. You're going to also get other cases that the NFLPA wants to look at, how the Washington situation was handled, yep. how the Robert Kraft situation was handled. And the last thing the league wants, they may win in court, and the history tells us they would, but they would lose in the court of public opinion, so, and that seems to be so the court they act, care let most me, about. Let me throw this out there. So we, it's been reports that the NFLPA is mad at the NFL because of, he decided to appeal it because, you know, they, yeah, we'll put it in a deal, but we'll never do that. And then they did it. And, you know, they sure. said that the relationship is tarnished between those two. Do you think if they can reach an, a settlement where it's not the full year, that maybe that could be a way to it's a step get, the, get the relationship rebuilding back. a bridge. Or you think you it's over that, with? But you know it as a player. The, the players hate Goodell and they hate the owners, don't they? I mean, it's been contentious. Yeah, yeah but Adam, his question, I, but, correct but, me if I'm wrong, I think your question is, yeah. right now the relationship looks like it's irreparably yeah, damaged. Yeah, it's gone. I thought it however, was already before However, no. I, I, I think that's everybody's connecting the dots that the next thing that's coming is a year-long suspension. If... There's a stand down here mm -hmm. and Roger and the league agree to a negotiated settlement. That's let's just call it 10 games 
and $7 million, arbitrarily picking those numbers out of the sky. I've heard those from no one. Let's just say that's what it ends up being. At least, in my view, if you're the league, you can go to the NFLPA and say, look, we didn't give him what we wanted. We gave a little. You gave a little. Now let's repair this relationship. Yeah, that, that's what I'm you thinking. think so? I, I don't believe that. I mean, it, it's a possibility. At the end of the day, when the new CBA come out, it's going to be... They, they got to yeah. get that out of but there. But that's sure. seven but, years. That's, that's what I'm saying. But right, there's no point of them yeah. feuding for seven years. Right, they right. might as well try right. to work together uh, at least to get to the end of this. Don't so. you think most of the players think he shouldn't even be suspended six games? In reality, probably, I don't know. Probably, what do you there, think? Tom? There's a group of players that probably. I'm about to say it's. It's, it's like the general population bowl. I really believe it is. I think you've got guys that are in the league that thinks what he did is reprehensible and he should be suspended a year. I'm, I think there's also guys that look at what he did and say, you know what, he didn't break any laws. Yeah. He's made this right with the women financially. Let's move on. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. just like general population. I think I think this is why this is why I, I like I, I pay attention to politics, right? Because it's entertaining. It's, it's strategy, right? So sometimes politicians, yeah, have you ever wondered why certain politicians can do certain things and it just doesn't seem to stick, but other ones do minor things and they're just gone. They just get banished. Well, there's people behind them that are, are calculating this. They're looking at certain things. They're reading tea leaves. They're judging what, they, what the fallout will be. And the worst thing that you can do as a politician is read the room wrong. I think the lawyers for both the NFL Players Association as well as the league came back and said, guys, hold on, calm down. You guys are you guys are reading the room wrong. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I, That's I, a good I, point. I, I think you guys are handling it. You're going you're willing to die on this hill, right? That's the key. Mm -hmm. This is the hill. Mm -hmm. we, we got through CTE. <laughs> we got through <laughs> what you know, we're working on the Rooney rule, right? We, we got through deflate. We got through all these things. Are added you, a 17th game 17. Are you willing to die on this hill? Because at the end of the day, if we go and we come up with a settlement, the season's here. Yeah. The games will start and yeah. people won't Forget even remember. It'll be over. Most That's why I said, I was saying, it was like, it's like the Bay of Pigs. You know, you've got these two superpowers that are ready to rip each other's faces off. And at the end of the day, they realize, let's just peacefully coexist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let, they, you know what? They've got a great thing going. In professional sports worldwide, they're probably second just to soccer in terms of fan base and money generated. And I don't even know if they are second to soccer in money generated. They've got to be right there with them. It's, it, I think you're right. I think lawyers that aren't so close to the fire that they not that, emotional know, about it. They're not so emotional about it. Yeah. They probably said, look, man, we're talking dollar signs with a B in front of it. What are you we're, guys we're doing? Billions. Yeah. You're willing to over a guy that got massages and may have been a little aggressive towards these women. You're willing to let all of your secrets come out into the open. There's no way. You, yeah, there's, there's no there. way. You're it's not worth it. You're printing money. You are printing. Yeah, just keep the train just, moving. Yeah, this, and, and this and I, is and we, we talk about all the time. What could stop the NFL? We always look on and forecast. You know, baseball and basketball have different um, issues that they have, but football, for the most part, looks like if if the, it's flip, autopilot. If the concussion thing didn't get them, what's going to get them? And usually what happens is is your own hubris, your own from within. It comes sure. from, yeah. you know, you ever see somebody have a band? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The band is going good. We all in the band. We making millions. We touring. We sold five million. And then one dude is like, oh, I think I want to write my own songs. And they're like, bro, your songs ain't that good. Why you want to do <laughs> Just stick right here and get this money. I yeah, don't care. Who you're going, man. You the star? Going. Who cares? Do I still get paid to go on tour? Sure. I don't care well, whose name on the record. Bull, it, it, our Bush, it's, it's like um, G. Bush. It's like history. When you study history and civilizations, great civilizations, they almost always topple from within. Yep. And it was, it's kind of, it's, it's odd to look at the NFL going face to face with its players association and, you know, that's the term that we've used. This is the hill? This is it? This is it? Yeah, because that'd be a hell of a last story. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, so would the NFL die? No. It would, It'd be damaged for it sure. It would be severely damaged because I'm telling you, the league does not want all these secrets out in the public. Yeah. They don't want those all those Washington email out. They don't want... It's too much. It's all whatever. stupid. This, this idea, like... I, I, what drives me nuts is, I, and somebody said it to me again yesterday, well, if it only ends up being eight games in a settlement, 
It's going to be a bad look for the NFL. How? So what? <laughs> how a is bad look a bad for look? who? People are writing the columns about how Deshaun Watson is the worst person on the planet. We'll still write those columns, whether you give them eight, six, ten, twelve, and, games, and then they'll move on to the next victim. Why That's right. It? And then they'll they'll go to the next story, and everybody will move on, and there'll be fifteen people who won't watch football again, and that's it. And it yeah. still will be. And to to counter that argument, it's still two grand juries that still found him completely innocent. So no, like that, not innocent. Not okay, not, not innocent, but not. They, he, they, they, they didn't find they, that the level of exactly. evidence raised to charges. I, I always look at that as. Am I going to jail or am I coming home? Oh, I'm coming home. That means I'm cool. Like <laughs> that for me, for well, the person involved. Here's the thing, though. We don't have double jeopardy, but he can easily, they can easily seat another grand jury. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So it's not like he's like, bullet dodge. You don't know what's going to happen down the, you don't know what evidence exists that neither of those grand juries saw. We don't know that. Right. Uh, I know that Tony Busby's contention was they didn't get, charges because the prosecutors didn't want them. Prosecutors, as we know, take cases that they know they can win. Yes. And also cases that can benefit them politically. Let's face Let, it. Let's be honest. And I don't so see guys. how that case would have benefited a prosecutor yeah. in Harris County to bring charges against the local heel. But let's mm. be honest. Nobody cares about it anymore. No, they nobody don't. Cares. They don't. We all want to know when he's going to play. Most people don't care. We, I think we've all decided what he did and what he didn't do. Right. Everybody's got their own opinion. Yeah. Most people, just like with politics, are not changing their mind. No. We've decided <laughs> how bad he, he is right. between 0 and 10, and now we want to know when he's going to play. That's, that's I, I think Bull brings true. up a good point. If yeah. you just take the emotion out of it, you can say, okay, what, if, if you've done something wrong, what way can you can you make amends? Well, you can pay a monetary fine, right? Yeah. He's going to pay a fine. It's going to cost you, him a you, lot of you're money. Gonna, you're he's, gonna, al- he's already done the settlement. And we don't, don't know, how we don't know how much. We don't know how big those checks were. And on top of it, they said, okay, well, you're going to go to counseling? He said, yeah, I'm going to counseling. They said, are, are, are you going to settle? Yes, I've already settled. Mm-hmm. Are you going to public apologize? apologize? Well, that ain't what you wanted, but he apologized. Mm-hmm. So as we go down the list of things, what is there left? There's to, one civil case. There's one civil right. case. That's it. What is it left for him to make amends with? It's just, I, I mean, it, you, you, it is what it is at this point. He's, we, pay, he's paid. He's doing a lot to try to pay it all back. But to a lot of people, it'll never be enough. And it's sad. Well, that, in it, fairness, he's doing because he has to. Well, yeah, yes, yeah, because he has to. He but knows yeah. he's got to walk he, through those yeah. holes to it, get to the yeah, other side. Right. Let, let's ask this, guys, um, as we look at Aditi's tweet. And this is this is what his text was from his apology interview that he gave to Aditi before Friday's first preseason game. Let's just sort of move it on. By before you do, this. Jay, real okay, quick, because with Aditi's, it reminded me, I should have brought this up earlier, but I spoke to Aditi about that interview with Deshaun yeah. Watson. What'd she say? And obviously I said to her, I said kudos to you because you were in an impossible spot. Yeah. Set up move. Because I know you want I know you want to <laughs> ask more questions, but in that role, you're working for the Browns. So yeah. you can't ask a million questions and, you know, put like Deshaun Watson on fire in that situation because right. in that moment you're working for the Browns. But she said to me that um, that they uh, – he did not get the questions in advance. I know a lot of people thought that, oh, he was prepped on the exact thing she was going to ask him. Right. Um, that's not the case. You don't need to be. You know what's no. coming. He knew that there I mean, was going to be a question about – An intelligent person knows what's going to be asked. Right, but, mm-hmm. it, but some people were accusing her or accusing the Browns, and I'm – I'm happy to crush the Browns when necessary of like they staged that quite they knew exactly yeah, he no. was prepared. He didn't know exactly what she was going to no. ask. Now, obviously he knew. I don't think Aditi would have taken part of that. She absolutely would. And not I have. wouldn't either. She yeah. absolutely would not have. And he didn't know that. But some people were kind of insinuating that. And I just want to clarify that that's yeah. not true. And she did say for whatever it's worth take, you know, you don't care, whatever that she did get to talk to him off the air and that and that he came off well. In that in that off the air conversation, genuinely contrite. Yes, uh, it, it, and her conversation with with him was like, you know, she's told me about a player or two over the years. I won't name any names. Where like, she was kind of felt yucky after talking to sure. that player. Oh yeah, we've and all that had was those not the case. And that was not the case. Good. I'm glad Sean to hear Watson. that. I think yeah. Adi- first of all, I think Aditi did the best she could in that spot. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and I think and there were a couple of people that criticized her, and they can go bleep themselves. Yeah, I, I have some friends that know that she works with us yeah. in a role here, and they were asking me yeah. about the moving parts behind the scenes. And I said, honestly, I've had zero conversations with the Didi about it. I don't need to. This is what I told my friends that were, and I don't want to say critical, they were just asking me like what I knew about the back 
story. Right. And here's what I said. I don't need to ever question Aditi. Ever. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody in this business needs to. There is nobody that I can think of that would be less inclined to do that than Aditi. Aditi, I'm sure she did it. It's her job. She had to do it. Yeah. But like me, if they would have said, here's what you're going to ask and there will be no follows, I I would have politely said, give the interview to someone else. She had two, I can't do that. She basically had two choices. Either not ask about it at all. Which or don't do the bad, interview. Or don't do the interview or ask one question about it and yeah. because it was a quick interview. I think she did the yeah. exact right thing. My, yeah. my defense of Aditi, and she does not need defending. You're right. Anybody that wants to criticize Aditi, yeah. you're just looking for something. But my, what I was saying to the people that reached out to me was, look, she's working for the Browns, yes. The interview had to be done. He had to say something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't talked to her, and I will never ask her anything about it because I know that whatever was done is on the up and up because she wouldn't participate in anything that wasn't right. 100% right. journalistically, ethically sound. And I'm sure she stands by that, and I'm glad she does. Quite frankly, I know that a lot of, there was a lot of people that says, well, why didn't she hit him with a follow? And I understand, as I was watching it, I said on Monday, they used that word, the word I used was, I was, it was a little cringy for me, only for her, because I know right. she wanted to ask him to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she did. She did. But yeah. in that spot, you can't yeah. do it. It can't happen. I, I don't, to me, I don't really, I, I'll just admit, I don't understand journalism. I, I don't really get it. Like, not, not the, like I'm demeaning it. I just don't under like so for me going into it, right? I would know asking a person that question. I would already know what answer he's going to give me. So if I ask a follow up question uh, along the same lines of what I just asked, I'm not expecting to get a different answer. It'll be some variation. But you have of to it. probe. Yes, you have yeah. to. When you when when when, when somebody so explain, issues a so, vague apology. So explain because I think a lot of people. This this is a good conversation because I, I think a lot of people don't understand between journalism and like opinion stuff on radio. Right. So when you're talking like when we're interviewing people, people think an interview is an interview, but no, it's different. When you're interviewing somebody in the field like that. There's a different line of questioning that you kind of have. Also, what is, if you're what working is, for the team versus what is so the like, difference? So the, here? So yeah. That's a great question. Here's yeah. the big issue that I have. Today, you can't avoid what I've always called state-run media. Well, so what's state-run media? Right, yeah. So you remember the old Soviet Union and the TASS news agency? Mm-hmm. That was nothing more than the I don't propaganda arm. It's still like that, in Russia. Uh, it is, but yeah. it's, it's a different. It, trust me, it was yeah. much, much more iron-fisted in the yeah. old days. China's very similar to the way the old Soviet Union mm-hmm. used to be. But the, 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 the reason that state-run media has a negative connotation to it is it's I, I, I love the NFL Network as a fan, as a viewer, but I also have a certain level of expectation of things I'm never going to hear on the NFL Network. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're never going to hear an NFL Network panel discussion about is the league doing the right thing by the players with CTE. You're not, they're not going to go there. Right? Not at all. The MLB Network is not going to go to the area of, okay, Tatis is positive. Judge is going to possibly hit 65 home runs this year. History has told us you guys don't do that. Are, are steroids back in baseball? You're never going to hear that discussion. Or they're there. not going to criticize the, the They're not going to criticize the commission and the, the league. league. Right. So that's kind of state run. Yeah. Well, I, I worked for the Browns for two years when I called their preseason games. There is a level of expectation when you step into that role that you're going to set your journalism hat aside. And I fanboyed. All I was doing was... Are you kidding me? I get right. an opportunity, and I knew it was only going to be for two years because I knew I was coming to Channel 3, and I knew the games were on Channel 5, and I knew there was no way in hell I would be able to continue doing the games on Channel 5 as a Channel 3 employee. Right. So for me, it was like, this is like a two-year right. kid-in-a-candy store one-off. And you knew what you but were I, getting into. Good. Otherwise, did. you wouldn't have done it. I did. So yeah. in, in some of the preseason games, we'd have John Dorsey sitting next to us. I'm not going to say to Dorsey during that interview, I need you to explain to fans who have a problem this, with this move why you would bring a guy like Kareem Hunt into this right. yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, right. no, no. But <laughs> I, so I had to take my journalism hat and put it to the side and fanboy out. And that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. and, the, and the, the tough part about that is there's so much league and now team media that when anybody asks a tough question, like, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but the president of, like, so this guy, I don't even know who the guy is. But there's, there's a, a sports reporter in Washington, D.C. who was interviewing Carson Wentz. And I don't know if any of you guys saw this. I but don't think so. He mm-hmm. asked him two tough questions that were, t- that were tough, but not like 
not inappropriate at all. Right. And the second one was a little harsh the way he asked it, but he, he was like, you know, the Colts already got rid of you. The, the Eagles, they were, right. they were done with sure. you too. So it's a pointed <laughs> question. Yes. And the president of, of, Was- of the Washington football team, I can't think of his name, put out a tweet is like, this was totally unprofessional. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's... He just ad- because he's used to, ha- they used to having their ass kicked by the team media. Yeah, I... And, and so now because there's team media right. with the Browns, mm-hmm. yes. there's league media, the NFL Network, I'm going to say this. Yeah. ESPN is state-run media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And here's why. They're in business with Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. NBA, yes. NHL, NFL. Yep. They shut down projects, big yeah. projects that were looking into CTE. Yes. They shut it down at the league's behest. They, the, they basically were told, enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and so let's, on the big scale level, CBS is in the NFL business. Fox Sports is in the NFL business. ESPN, and by de facto, ABC is in the NFL yeah, business. They are, right. NBC. They're all in the end. So what they what they were in a world now where they control most of the media narrative. Right. Yep. And when there's an independent journalist who's not under their thumb, who is critical, seems to they go be nuts. Professional. Yeah. They go nuts and it's they try ridiculous. to shut that down it's ridiculous. too. The Browns all right. get mad at me. Um, too. Our first guest is on the line, so that means we have an ad read. We uh, do have an ad Nuggets, read. It's all, it's all you. And just so everyone knows, Scott Abraham was the reporter in that Washington situation. Okay, you know what I do remember and is Jason I saw that Wright is the team president who then clapped back. I, I saw the headline. Yeah. I didn't click on it, but right. when you mentioned that He's name. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's, well, now we have Coach Brownson joining us via the Gridiron Guys hotline. Are you looking for a local roofer you can trust? Family-owned since 2003, the Gridiron Guys have grown to become Northeast Ohio's top-rated roofers. They exemplify quality work practices and are a valued resource for homeowners. <laughs> And they offer a 10-year workmanship warranty as well. Call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate or roof inspection. Grid, 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 grid iron, guys. <laughs> well done, Bull. Kelly, welcome to the program, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're glad you joined us. Great hey. to see you. And I got to start by saying congratulations on you – were, you won two world championships, if I'm not mistaken, as a player. But now you've done it as a head coach. How did the two compare? I think your I think your mic might be muted. We don't have her audio. So take your if if you can throw your mic on for us. We were getting audio in pre-check. We had audio from coach a second ago. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if her mic is muted. Or Let's punch back up Jay, and we'll, we'll troubleshoot this. But we, yeah. we did have audio from her one okay, second. Okay, we'll ago. figure it out, Callie. If you can hear us, we're not hearing you. So I don't know if that means your mic is muted. Or what? You may want to check that out. While she troubleshoots that, I want to quickly say, because I was reading up about this to try to see exactly, um, you know, how big a deal this is. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that worldwide it's becoming a much bigger deal. I think in 13, the U.S. won the first one. The U.S. is never going to lose this. This, I mean, (laughs) not anytime soon. In 17, they won. She was a player on both of those teams. Mm, Uh, I think it was pushed from 21 to 22 because of COVID. So it's here now. But it seems like, Participation worldwide in the women's football space is growing. Mm-hmm. It also seems like the interest. Jay, is going we got through. the issues fixed. By the we way, coach is back. And, okay, and we Kelly, great. Uh, the the uh, technical gremlin has been solved. Um, how did the two compare for you? Uh, winning two as a player, but now uh, winning one as a head coach. Yeah, I, I think they were two completely different um, experiences for me. Um, obviously, as a player, is very special. It's it's awesome to be able to uh, represent your country playing the sport that you love. Uh, but coming in as a coach, it, it's just completely different for me. And um, it was an awesome experience. Ultimately, winning the gold always feels great no matter uh, what you're doing, uh, whether it be a coach or a player. Um, but, but you know, just an incredible opportunity for me to lead these women and, and use really my experience as a player to help make this the best opportunity it could be for the 45 women who are on the roster. You know, Callie, when you, when you looked at this sport, did you ever think at one one point in time uh, this would be possible to even have this much interest in the sport to be able to do this uh, and have all the all women league um, when you were growing up and, and I think uh, you know as far as back as two, 2017 did you think this was is possible? Um, yeah, I mean, growing up as a kid, no, I'll be honest with you. You know, as as a as a young girl, um, there was no female representation in football in any capacity. Um, I played when I was eight, and I was like the only girl in the state of Virginia who was even playing uh, peewee football at the time. So, um, you know, I guess if you'd asked me back then if I ever thought one women would be playing football at a high level or two representing their country in that capacity, 
I probably wouldn't have believed you, but I think that says a lot for how much the sport has grown. Um, and even back when I was in high school, um, and, and then even my first coaching gig in high school, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of female representation. So to see how much it's grown and how the interest in women in football has grown to this day has been really awesome to see. Let's try to do this. I don't know if you could because you were part of both teams, but I'm wondering how the game talent-wise has progressed for the U.S. So if your 2013 team, with you as a player, were to be able to play a mythical game against the championship 2022 team, <laughs> what's the score and who wins? I might get in some trouble for this one, but I'm saying 2022 spank in 2013. Listen, that speaks volumes of the skill level. The skill has improved that much over the course of nine years where these women are head and shoulders better than they were even just nine years ago. Yeah, I would absolutely say so. And I'd say the football IQ and, and just the progression of learning the game from a higher level has definitely grown um, in, in, in the past decade. Uh, you know, and I, I saw it with this team and, and the 2022 team um, and just how well versed in the game they were. Um, you know, there's a lot of parts of, of, the, of the women's game that have progressed. Um, and, and I was just really awesome to see because we had a lot of very smart uh, obviously talented football players, but very football smart players, um, which was awesome to see because that means the game is growing. And, and again, from a from a broader lens, you're looking at women who will eventually, once their career is over, much like myself, venture into coaching, um, venture into other aspects of football at any level, um, which is awesome to see them grow in that capacity. Kelly, we, we finally you know are seeing more and more uh, women represented in the coaching ranks like yourself. Talk about, you know, from when you first started coaching to now, coaching men, we know there's a lot of sexism in sports. I mean, it's always been that way. How have you found it personally? And I'm sure you've had to deal with some of that along the way. And But has it been less than you thought, more? I mean, how, and how is it now compared to when you first started? Yeah, I think we've all kind of dealt with that adversity and those obstacles as, as women in this sport. It's a masculine dominance, dominated sport. I mean, there's no that's no secret. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to work amongst a lot of people who are, are advocates um, for, for women and just equality, ultimately, in, in football. From my time at Dartmouth with Buddy Tevens, Coach McDermott in Buffalo, and obviously Coach Stefanski in the organization here. Um, so I've been very fortunate in my journey to be evaluated based off of my skill level um, and my talent level and, and my knowledge of the game and, and my work ethic. So I really wish that for every other female. I know that's not every female's experience as they enter in the sport, but I do wish that that is what it is in the future, that you're assessed as a candidate, not as a female or a male or whatever it is. It's just the best candidate for the role. Callie, first of all, I want to say you are a rock star. I have two daughters, and I'm going to tell them to look up to you because I'm going to make them play football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make them watch your story and play football like you did. Uh, obviously, the hot topic has been the Browns wide receiver room this, this preseason and this camp. How do you feel that they played in their first preseason game? I think I think we made a lot of progress, you know, and, and a lot of that stuff you can practice and, and go through the reps on the practice field, but you want to see how it shows up in a game. And, um, you know, it's a preseason game, right? It, it's, it's raw. There's a lot to learn from. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the room. I'm excited about the growth of the room, spending the spring with these guys, and then obviously working through training camp and getting to that point. It was cool to see them suit up in a game um, and go out and put it on the field, you know, in, in a game scenario. Um, but, you know, it's a preseason game. I think every team's in the same boat where there's a lot to learn after preseason game one. Um, but we have such a, a motivated room, very smart, very intelligent. So um, I think we took the things that showed up on film and, and have ultimately gotten better because of it. Will we see Amari Cooper play at all in the preseason or, or are we saving him just for the regular season? I, I can't speak on, on really the game plan for Amari, honestly. Um, but, you know, just, just know, he, you know he's always ready when his, when his number's called. You know, Callie, I'm going to go back to, to your uh, coaching career. And in general, um, you know, the, the future of female coaches in the NFL. Um, as a minority, I, I hold dear when, you know, Barack Obama was, was elected, you know, as the first black president. We have a black, first black female pre vice president now. Um, how close do you think uh, the NFL is, is to having a woman becoming a, either a coordinator or a head coach. We see it, you guys um, progressing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard to put that in like a, a quantitative form, but I do think that we're nearing it. I mean, we're getting closer. I think the the women who are involved right now um, in the coaching ranks, uh, you know, there's there's three of us I believe that are assistant position coaches. 
um, are very quality coaches. You know, Jen King in Washington and, and Coach Lowe down in Tampa, um, just just great coaches whose organizations are investing in them heavily and they'll continue to grow. So I think it's hard to say like a, a range of when that will happen, but I do definitely believe that it will. Kelly, what's been the biggest surprise for you coaching and, and really existing in, in a man's world, uh, previously a, an all-male world, What's the one thing that's been your biggest surprise takeaway so far? I think um, society kind of makes you feel as a female entering this world that you are kind of an outsider. I think the biggest surprise to me was if you can speak the universal language of football and you can ultimately invest in players and show them that you're there to make them better. They don't care anything else about you. You know, it's it's about, hey, this person's here to make me better. This person adds value to our process. They don't care if you're a woman. They don't care, um, you know, about anything else, which is awesome. So if you're there to, to, to teach them, um, to help them grow, to invest in them, um, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. And, um, you know, I, I think I went into this feeding into the narrative of if you're a female, you don't belong. And I was pleasantly surprised by uh, the players that I've gotten to work around in my career. Have you ever, have you had any interactions? I know it's not football, but Becky Hammond, obviously, in basketball has been the closest to being a head coach. Obviously, she was on the bench with San Antonio. She's had some interviews for, for head coach, and hopefully she will get that opportunity at some point. Have you talked with her at all about her journey? Yeah, a couple of years ago, actually, we did a panel together, and um, I'm just so impacted by her story, um, her poise, how she carries herself. Um, she's just a great example of female leadership in sport, um, you know, and I think that a lot of us can draw from the examples that she's put forth in her career and, and really ultimately who she is as a person. Um, the players love to work with her, and, and there's no question as to why. Mikey McNuggets, our producer, has a question. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Coach, we, we all know Kevin Stefanski from his press conferences and from looking at him on the sideline and watching how he interacts with players. But what's Coach Stefanski like when he's not in front of the cameras, kind of behind the doors? Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great, personally, I think he's one of the, the best guys that I've met. Um, he's a great leader. Um, he's always very poised. I think one of the biggest things people say about him is how even keel he is. And he is, um, uh, and he's also kind of the king of dad jokes. I'll give you that one. But, um, <laughs> Any examples? Not off the top of my head, honestly, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's good. He's good for a dad joke here and there, but um, no, he's, he's really a great, great human being and it's always been so great to me. And, um, it's been awesome working with him the past couple of years and learning from him both on and off the field, you know, just in the everyday life, you know, when we're not on the field or, or in, in meetings or anything like that, he's just a good human being and, and cares about the people around him and cares about the development of the people around him. And, um, you know, I'm just really fortunate to be able to learn from him every day. Kelly, what was your reaction when the team traded for Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, it's really not my place to, to, to add in on those things. You know, ultimately I'm going to do my job every day, the best that I can. And no matter who's on the roster, you know, I have a job to do. And, and that's really my focus. What about from a pure football perspective? Um, I mean, you want to add talent to your roster in any capacity. I think, I think that's just the goal of all 32 teams. So I think, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's the goal for everybody is to, to make your football team better in any capacity that you can. How tough has it been having the, beyond what he did, just the unknown of when he's going to play? I mean, it was forever that we finally got a suspension and there's appeal and now we're waiting. How tough is that for the team as a whole, not knowing when you're going to have your, your top quarterback? I think our big focus right now is just controlling the controllables. You know, those things are out of our control right now. You know, we still have to get a football team ready to play. Kelly, when you look at where this organization is seated right now I know a lot of a lot of the talk before uh, the, the suspension was announced was you know this is a team that can com compete for a Super Bowl without him obviously the, the roster is still very deep there's particularly at running back and there's some position groups that are very very strong the mood inside this team is, is there a different feel for what this team can accomplish compared to what there was in the room last year and the year before no, I'd say there's no difference. I mean, we're, we're all we're still going after the same goal, and that's to win football games, you know, no matter who's playing. Um, that's the drive and the focus for us, uh, no matter what. And I think that's been the same since, we've got, since we got here in 2020. Well, Kelly, listen, congratulations on, on coaching the women's team to the World Championship. I know that's a huge feather in your cap. 
Huge congratulations to you. Continued success with you as you move forward as the assistant wide receiver coach with the Browns. Go win 17 games, and we'll have you back <laughs> to talk football at the end of the season. Callie Bryan with the Cleveland Browns. Callie, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Very well done. Thank Very you. well done. Thank you, guys. Um, one of the things that really strikes me, and it, I think most of the assistant coaches have this mentality. You know how they say a team takes on the personality of their head coach? Yeah. She is as poised and is buttoned up, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and she's kind of like Kevin Stefanski yeah. in that regard. You know, yeah. she's, she got that. She got that Kevin Stefanski HR manual. See, here's what's gonna happen when you go into Ultimate Cleveland Sports. Show. <laughs> <laughs> not, you know, I, I've been watching. I see what they be doing up there, especially these two. Them on the end. No, and no. <laughs> hey, by the way, guys, Mary Kate Cabot just tweeting two minutes ago. Yeah. Updated Browns Deshaun Watson's camp and NFLPA are actively negotiating a discipline settlement with the NFL and a deal can be reached soon. NFL hasn't been in contact with Peter C. Harvey and hasn't asked him to hold off on his ruling. Okay, that's the new that piece. From Mary Kay. That, that yeah. last part right, is right, the right. new piece. We yeah. knew that they were actively discussing a negotiated yeah. settlement. What we didn't know is that the NFL, um, which now Mary Kay is reporting, yeah. is saying that there's no conversations between Peter C. Harvey and right and the league. Uh, McNuggets, are we going to go right into Zoke? Or what are we yeah, we're going to go to Zoke, but real quick, I want to tell you about my breakfast this morning. I, I was starving, and I needed something to eat. I was on ah. the run. Had to get into the studio quick because we had three guests, a lot of preparation. Understandable. And I found some Built Bars on the way. Mm, and let me tell nice. you, if you haven't had Built Bars yet, they're quite delicious. 160 calories, only 15 grams, or not only, 15 grams of protein. That's it filled what you me want. up. Yeah, is someone trying to put on some weight like me, and you, know, you need that protein. <laughs> they got new flavors like cookie dough chunk puff, which sounds delicious. That's, That's my, fa- it's my personal favorite. Haven't had that one yet. They got a coconut flavor, which I can't wait to try. Yeah. And here's the best part. If you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN15, you get 15% off your order. Mm. That is LOCKDOWN15 right. for 15% off your order. And without further ado, Jay, you want to introduce your friend? I do, before, yeah. Real quick before do. he does, Go ahead, McNuggets, if you ever say you need help gaining weight, I'm karate chopping you in the throat next time. <laughs> wow. It's obnoxious to say you need to gain weight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's Bull trying to lose Whoa, whatever yeah, he can. It's, Whoa, it's, it's not easy. I've been on both oh, sides. I have too. I've been on both sides. Boom. Yeah. Gaining it and losing it is both equally tough. Yeah. I, I will say, as, as someone that who's is, tried to do both, it is a lot harder to lose it than oh it is to gain Oh, my God. It. You know? No, it ain't. Because gaining I, it, you're, you're, you're pushing a boulder up a hill. It's genetics. Don't worry. You'll have no problem 30 years from <laughs> it now. It's true. That is, that is true. And you'll, your chest will fill out. I mean, and, that's and absurd. It's coming. That is, that is more absurd than Giannis being hey. the go to bed. Wow. Don't go, don't go there. Like 32, right? I still got a couple years. No, listen. My, you're a, you're a late bloomer. You, you'll get your man body at some point. I promise. Wow. But it's Honestly, you know, I, I, I wrestled in high school and I was, even as a junior in high school, I wrestled 98 pounds. But as a sophomore, I was weighing in at 90. And there was a minimum. You had to hold be on, at least on. 90 pounds. Not, which means whole pounds? Wait, what? Whole pounds. Wait, 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 when I was had. a junior hey, we, we, in high we school, guess I wrestled 98 we got, pounds. We'll Let's get, get to, to our guests. He was that light. Zoki will tell you, when I was when I knew Jim <laughs> and at Bowling Green, people. I was probably 160. I was born. I was born. I was born. I was 115. Tell these guys how embarrassing they are right now. Man, I was 115. Let's bring in Jim Zoki. Jim, welcome to the Ultra Famous Sports Show. He's a Cleveland native. He's a Bowling Green graduate. He's called every game in the history of the Carolina Panthers. Jim, thanks for joining us on the program. It's great to see you again. How are you? Doing great, Jay. Looks like you put a few pounds, not too many, but just a couple since the Bowling Green days there. Yeah, at BG, I was probably like 5'9", 170 maybe. And then <laughs> after my freshman year, I'm six foot 180. And, you know, it, it, I know. You only put on T in your freshman year? Yeah, 20. Yeah. So, Jim, um, we got to talk to you about the Panthers. Obviously, it's the week one opponent. For the Browns, and we're going to get to the Baker Mayfield piece. But what I really want to talk about is how the you know the Browns roster. I know you've been a lifelong fan, and you follow this this team very closely. Take the quarterbacks out of the mix because we don't know who's going to start for the Browns, and we don't know who's going to start for the Panthers. I have it's likely going to be Baker versus Jacoby, but just the right. other fifty-two guys. How do these rosters compare? Is this going to be a competitive football game? 
Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty balanced, especially, as you said, with Jacoby and Baker probably being the quarterbacks. I, I think it's a matter of time before they announce Baker as being the quarterback. They're waiting for this second preseason game against New England, but he's done nothing to not earn that job right now. But, you know, both teams have good offensive lines. I know Cleveland always does. But with the uh, the Panthers, they weren't good. They were horrible on the offensive line last year. But they brought in guy you know, Austin Corbett, right. at the right guard spot to go with our one good guy we had, which was Taylor Moten at right tackle. Uh, they brought in Bradley Bozeman uh, from the Ravens, who will compete with Pat Elfline, the former Buckeye, at center. Um, and they drafted Iki Aquanu out of NC State, who's a Charlotte kid, actually, with that sixth overall pick. So offensive line should be similar. Getting Christian McCaffrey back is a different type of running back than what you got with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hutt. But they need that that running back, uh, McCaffrey, to make any quarterback's job easier. And uh, you know, DJ Moore is, I think, really underrated wide receiver, a uh, guy that uh, people follow football know him well. Uh, but, but as a guy, is certainly a top, I would say, 12, 15 receiver in this league. By the way, speaking of McCaffrey, you know, I keep seeing – I'm a massive fantasy football guy. I play in like a 1,000 <laughs> leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about to embarrass these guys in a, in a fantasy football <laughs> league. But, but uh, I don't get it. I'm seeing in a lot of drafts McCaffrey going two. I has no way I'm ta- – obviously, when he's on the field, he's great. We all know that. But he has missed a right. ton of time the last two years. And unlike Derrick Henry, where it was just one injury, McCaffrey's had a lot of injuries the last two years. How confident are you that he can make it through a whole season? With I mean, because like I said, it's not just been one injury, and he's so key to what to their success, obviously. Yeah, it's it's similar to Saquon Barkley. These really good running backs. If you do fantasy football, you know these are top five, top three picks when when they're healthy. But he comes into camp healthy. In fact, they're doing uh, joint workout sessions in New England right now as we're talking. And uh, he's up there participating in full pads and all the stuff that's going on up there right now. So as we sit here today, he's had no surgeries. He's had no lingering issues with anything. So uh, right now he's healthy. First three years in the league, he was completely healthy. In fact, he was an Ironman. But the last two years, he's just had that, that thing where you pull a hamstring or just yep. get an ankle and this and that. But nothing, nothing tragic, nothing uh, surgery-related like that. True. Jim, what's, what's the optimum situation for Baker Mayfield? Obviously, he's there for one more year. Um, you, you draft uh, Matt Corral. Um, I, I think he's the up and coming guy. He third round pick, I, I believe. Where do you? What's the optimum situation? Do you see Baker being if he plays pretty well this year, more of a, a long term answer in, in Carolina? I think it's it's a classic prove it year uh, for for Baker. The same thing Cleveland was dealing with with uh, having to make that decision of do they want to pay him a big long term contract? The Panthers will be. You know, looking at that come the end of this season, obviously, with him here. Uh, Sam Darnold came out of the same draft class, uh, will be a guy that if he doesn't win the job, I don't think he will, that he would be the guy that would be let go. So they might have a decision to be made there. And as you look around the league, I mean, there's not today anyway, we'll see, we'll see in a year, but there's not a lot of NFL openings like Seattle, maybe Houston, possibly next year. So there's not a ton of starting jobs that are just available around the league. So I think if he plays well here, and, uh, and it goes the way he wants it to with Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator. If the coaching staff doesn't go into upheaval, which is a question mark, honestly, as we head into this season after back-to-back five-win seasons, uh, maybe he'll make this his, his new home. But it's all to be determined how he plays and uh, what the coaching staff looks like at the end of the year. Yeah, all right, Jim. Let me, let's, let's flip on the other side of the ball. I'm a defensive player, and I'm, I'm tired of talking this offense with this guy. <laughs> y'all got a kid by the name of J.C. Horn, who I actually was a fan of. He yeah. was a rookie last year. I think he ended up getting hurt, but he was doing well. Do you see him bouncing back and being one of the top corners in this league, not just of the Panthers, but in this league this upcoming season? Yeah, you're going to love him. He, he only got to play three games last year. He got hurt third game of his rookie year down in Houston. Same game McCaffrey got hurt in. Uh, but he is a, a press corner. He's big. He's physical. He's a guy that, uh, again, it's too early to say shut down, but he's got the tools and the capabilities uh, to do that. So I think he could be a premier corner in this league. In fact, he had a really nice interception. I've been keeping up with the uh, two-a-day practices or the uh, you know, the joint practice sessions rather up in uh, New England and what they're doing before we head up uh, later tomorrow for the game Friday. But he, uh, he's got all of that. You know, they picked him over the quarterback situation last year. They could have picked Justin Fields. They could have picked Mac, Mac Jones. And they, they went with the corner in J.C. Horn with that eighth pick last year in the draft. So uh, he comes in with uh, high expectations on him. But I think he's going to be the real deal. Mm-hmm. Jim, what is the – by the way, Dan, real quick, Dan Graziano just tweeted, sources close to the Watson situation believe a resolution can come today or tomorrow. Recent talks between NFL and Watson reps have heightened hope they can reach a settlement without Peter C.R. Harvey having to rule. 
Uh, obviously, because of this, the, the Browns getting Deshaun Watson, Baker ends up going to Carolina. We know what Robbie Anderson said before the season. Of course, when training camp started, he tried to backtrack and make excuses what he said, but we know what he said. How's that relationship <laughs> now between the two of them? <laughs> it's good. Actually, they've had some, some good practices together. It's one of those things, you know, once you become teammates, it's, it's different. And, uh, right. you know, you see different situations where players, you know, Browns and Steelers become teammates and things like that in, in years like this. So things can change a lot, obviously, with the change of scenery. And now that Sam is here and you know he was robbie's guy with the jets right with sam so he said robbie's mm-hmm. thought was i'm protecting my quarterback my guy sam in that moment in the spring but now that baker's here you know baker's his guy if he's the starting quarterback so right. they're teammates now and i'll say uh, to baker's uh, credit he's been very unquotable he, everything he has said has been very kind of uh, by, by the book and uh, not really anything that's bulletin board material nothing real quotable honestly just all team first guy so I'm sure him and, and Robbie are, are, are great as far as the relationship goes right now. There's no reason for it not to be. And honestly, Robbie didn't have a really good season last year, so he shouldn't be saying much of anything. He should be proving what he can do on the field. <laughs> well said. Hey, Jim, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the quarterback, uh, not quarterback, but the uh, head coach um, rule. Um, how how hot is it down there? I know it's, I lived in Charlotte. It's a little warm <clears throat> for a Yankee up here like myself. <laughs> But uh, how, yep. how warm is it down there for him for his, 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 his coaching position? Now, the weather's great. It gets really hot down here. You're right about this. So I moved down here. But as far as the coaching <laughs> hot seat goes, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's on it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And that's what you know, the NFL is about. And this is year three. So this is really a year where they've got to step up. So they've addressed a lot of things. We mentioned personnel-wise, offensive line, defensive secondary, getting guys back like J.C. Horn and Christian McCaffrey. And also revamp the coaching staff a lot. You know, Ben Mack, who I mentioned, former head coach in this league, as an offensive coordinator. He brought a really collegiate coaching staff with him to the pros with a lot of the guys from Baylor and Temple that he worked with in the past. Uh, but then they add uh, guys like uh, bringing Steve Wilkes back, who used to be with the organization, was a head coach with the Cardinals. And a guy you're familiar with, Chris Tabor, as our special teams guy. He's got a lot of history in this yes. league. And special teams are a big emphasis for this team this year, too. So I feel like he's got the coaching staff around him as far as veteran guys. They've addressed as many things as they can in two off seasons, personnel-wise. A healthy Christian McCaffrey, you know, to me Baker is uh, is a guy um, that made Cleveland, you know, good when they weren't good, and I think that's what Carolina kind of needs. Is after winning five the last couple of years, if he could lead them to eight, maybe possibly nine, uh, I think that would be success and keep uh, Matt Rule uh, continuing into year four next year. Matt, I know you're busy Sunday afternoons at 1 o'clock, so it's hard to watch everything, but I also know you're a huge Browns fan, so I don't think for a second that you're not uh, <laughs> keeping up with this, with this franchise. And I- I'm curious to know what your reaction was as a guy who's followed Cleveland. You fo- I- obviously, you knew what Baker was doing here. You followed all of his, his games closely, as closely as you could while calling Panther games. What was your reaction when you heard that the Panthers were making a deal to bring Baker to town knowing him well as a fan of the Browns and seeing what he's been able to do here. It's really, it's a, it's a really safe move to make. And they trade a conditional fifth round pick that could become a fourth based on snaps that he plays. It's a one-year rental. They get him on the cheap as he renegotiated his contract. I think we're on this end. They're paying like five and a half million for him this year is all they're, they're paying. So from a cash outlay and from a one draft pick standpoint, uh, not a lot invested in it. And a chance to see what he can do moving forward. He's, he's better than what they've got here. I mean, behind Sam Darnold, it's P.J. Walker who played in the XFL. They just drafted Matt Corral in the third round out of Ole Miss this year. So, you know, they needed, a, honestly, a starting quarterback, at least another option to compete with Sam Darnold. So it's it's a low risk. Uh, I call it kind of a high floor. You know, talk about high ceilings and high floors. It's a, a high floor move where you, you've seen what Baker can do for four years. I mean, he's he can be solid. He may not take you to a Super Bowl, but he can get you to the playoffs as he did, won a playoff game in Cleveland. You know, those are things under this administration that have not happened in Carolina. Yeah. Uh, listen, you guys will like some of the things that he does on the field. You'll probably <laughs> scratch your head at some of the other things he does on the field. But the key thing that I'm taking away from this interview, Jim, is the fact that you said he hasn't been quotable. That's important. Um, that, that is growth. That is personal growth because Baker's mm-hmm. always been that guy. It's, it's really difficult for him to hold on to his tongue. Um, you know, obviously, Buckeye fans remember him from and hold on to the ball, sticking the flag into wow, the. Into, Jay, I know, Jay, I hate to go there, Jay, Ty, don't, but don't bring that up. He's man. that guy, and uh, you I know, did like that. He's I had did, a yeah. lot. He's had a lot of things in the past. Got to be able to talk trash. Question is his maturity. Come so on. the fact that he's not quotable and he's not popping off, I think that's a good thing for you. Listen, I hope he's the guy you're looking for. 
Great to catch up with you, Jim. We're going to talk to you again ahead of the uh, week one opener uh, here in a couple of weeks. Jim Zoki on the Ultimate Sports Show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jim. Jim, thanks. Great job. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. you know, when I when I read his bio last night, I can't I knew believe he's been you. doing Panthers games forever. Yeah. But when I read that he was doing, he's done, done them for 28 years. You know, he's my age. He's been doing this for 35 years. We've been out of college yeah. for 35 years. That means at like 29. He was doing Panther games. Yeah, good he was terrific at Bowling Green. I always yeah. knew this guy was going to do great things. Mm-hmm. Super happy for him. Great guy. And a huge Cleveland guy. Like, he I can't, absolutely I can't loves Cleveland sports. You. I'm sorry. I apologize. And I can't believe you. Why? What'd he do? Because, he because agreed I said, with I it. it was, you liked it. I liked you. Why? What? We only can do selective trash talk? It was, I, I thought it was funny. I like it if he was on my team. I hated it when he did it again. I thought team. it was funny. Who well, cares? When this next this next guy, I wasn't a fan. Of, he made a terrible he made a terrible life decision. But yeah. I'm not going to judge him. Leroy probably liked it. He was 